hi, my name is Russell, and I'm pretty sure I have the greatest job in the world. I work at the video store, the one just down the road from you that you can go to once a week whenever it's movie night. Why I love my job so much is that when the store is quiet, I get to watch movies all day long and talk about them with my friends that work here. Occasionally, some interesting people pop in for a visit as well, and that's exactly what happened today. Today on the show, I chat with Nick Hammond, who is a a radio DJ on 5FM, and he does he now does the afternoon drive. He is a good friend who I've come to know over the years. He's always been such a big supporter of Short Straw, of the Bioscope, and many a time backstage or at festivals, I've really had a good chance to pick his brain. And he's a super smart guy. And you'll see from this interview, he, he does so many other things with his time. We, we got chatting the other day because he's got this podcast, which I've really admired. You'll see, we talk about it. And I saw that he had started bringing it back. And so I was mentioning the video store and, and one thing led to another. And I did what I realize I'm going to have to do a lot these days, which is try and get my friends to come on a podcast. And so um, Nick, being someone of this industry and someone who totally gets it um, was certainly the easiest to try and get on. And so um, he was such a champ and able to come through before he had to go off to 5FM. And uh, and yeah, you'll see, he, we, we, we know each other well and, and we get on and and it's, and it's a really insightful chat. As I said, the man is super smart. So this is me hanging out with Nick Hammond, who came in to rent something. Did you see that thing yesterday on the TV? Look who it is. What's up, dude? <laughs> Hi. It's, it's Radio's Nick Hammond. It sure is. <laughs> I love that. I love the idea of like you embodying your whole industry, being, being Radio's Nick Hammond. <laughs> it's, it's super strange. So like I always know if somebody is aware of me through something I've done in the media when they refer to me by my full name. Oh, you know that's interesting. They'll be like, Nick Hammond. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You become, a, you become a thing. Outside of myself. And ha- then for years, it was Hammond time. Like, hey, what's up, Hammond time? Hammond time. How you doing? Good, dude. What's up? How's, how's life? Um, it's good. So I, as of right now, my girlfriend's been away for four months. She's coming back in, in like oh. two weeks. She's oh. been on the boats. Okay. Um, she was a nurse and she worked in COVID um, quite hectically. She was in one of the, the COVID ICUs. And so she saw the, the COVID ICUs out on the sea. No, 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 no. In like South Africa. In South Africa, it's working as a nurse in Rudaport. Oh lordy! Um, and things were just the hours and the intensity, and oh. I think it took like a huge toll on her. So when everything kind of eased up, she yeah. had always known of this idea of you can go be a nurse on like a cruise liner, and so she's been doing that for the last three and a half months. Um, and she's been in the Canary Islands and Norway and Estonia and Sweden and Denmark. And, and she comes back in a few weeks. So oh, wild. What a cool... I mean, I'd imagine the, it's not too stressful. Probably just old folks, it's, heart attacks. Yeah. No one... It's, it's <laughs> uh, rich bug, old people. Bug bites, uh, depending on where you are, maybe. So, like, 
it's a lot of that because you don't go on holiday hoping to end up in the hospital on the boat. You no. know what I mean? Um, but there's a tremendous amount of paperwork still with COVID. So even though a lot of these European countries have completely done away with everything, the boat still has policies. So if a patient gets COVID, they have to dock them off the boat. Oh, and gosh. there is then a ton of paperwork that she has to do. So I think for the most part, she's like, I sit in an office and I, I fill out paperwork saying people have COVID. Oh, wild. And she's probably making a little bit of money. Yeah, it's part Which of it. Nice. Yeah. So um, have you just been at home binge watching um, some trashy TV? What have you been watching? Um, I have. So I... <laughs> what's your, what's your go-to <laughs> content? When left alone. It depends. Okay, so I I do reconsume quite a lot of stuff. Okay. Things that I've seen before. So for me, I like Parks and Recreation is the greatest show that's ever been made. How lovely. According to me, I, it's it's because you know it's it's the same team that made The Office. Yes. Um, and initially it was sort of pitched as like a spinoff to The Office. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Michael Schur and Greg Daniels. Um, but it's, there's something, it's for me, just like in the characterization and in the universe that they've built, the fact that it's like this really lovely idyllic place with these, you know, like no one's going to get murdered in Parks and Rec, for example. You know yeah, what I mean? There's like yeah. a very sort of subtle warmth to everything, but it's exceptionally funny. It's very, it's very lovable. And you, you, I love the TV shows like that, that, that just become your friends and they look after you like that. Like Ted Lasso is very similar. Like, you, you can't not love those characters by the end. You can't not feel like they are one of your chummies. Yeah. Which is delightful. And in a world where so much content, I don't know, I think generally can be quite dark and harrowing. And, of course, we're going through There's so many of those sort of true crime um, limited series, which are cool, but they kind of leave you a little bit like, hello. Because just, you're like, you know, someone's dead underground or someone's been, like, kidnapped and it's like... My, I'm busy watching The Staircase. Do you yeah, know about The Staircase? Yeah, but my, my problem with that stuff is I, well, I like it, but I just find it's really formulaic. It's the same as like a cult documentary. You're watching a cult documentary and you're like, cool, at some point... Oh, you mean a documentary about a cult? Or about or, or yeah, a murder yeah, yeah, mystery yeah, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, it's, it, it's always the same. You uh, know? There's that one show on Netflix, I forget what it's called. We'll, 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 we've got something called The Cash Up, where at the end of the episode, we'll, everything that we can't remember now, we'll, we'll get to in The Cash Up. Like a fact-checking thing. Yeah, it's like the, sort of the fact-check. There's this one on Netflix now, True Crime Stories, that is one about like swatting. Oh right! Like, you mean like, you mean people who call? Yeah. The, so so um, the so it's all about how like it's almost like a sort of Black Mirror, but a true but like a documentary Black Mirror. So it's about like where the sort of future crimes are. So it's like in in swatting at the moment, which is like where um, kids playing online video games someone could, could the call the FBI a, on this guy, but this dude goes fucking come get me. Um, and gives an address, and he gives his old address. So these police come gung-ho with the story that someone's being, like, kidnapped or something, or someone's being held hostage. So these guys are on high alert, like, fingers on the trigger, to a bunch of strangers that are like, why are the cops here? Some dude answers the door. He, like, reaches down for some reason, or he moves his hand. He gets shot. And, it, and, then, and then this has ramifications where other people in the family commit suicide as a result. So, like, three oh people die because of some loser... Behind a computer that's like, come and get me. This is the most Harrowing. American thing ever in the world. The fact that totally. like, you have that resource at your disposal to be able to get some sense of like a SWAT team to arrive at a gamer's house because you've called in a fake call. It's and you wild. imagine in this it's African wild. context, if you were to 
do something like that and I'll sit back and wait for saps to come <laughs> and what's, what's, what sort of heat they would bring in. <laughs> Wouldn't be as impressive a video. Yeah. And if you were found out to have, have, have fucked up, like defeated the ends of justice like that, I also don't think it would just be a slap on the wrist, which it must be in the States because otherwise these, these yeah. moronic kids wouldn't do it. Yeah, I know. It's, it's harrowing. But, but Parks and Rec is delightful. It used to only be on Amazon prime but now it's on netflix and peacock which we and don't really have here we don't, we don't have that right no but it's the the, the reason i know this is because there's a podcast that i'm currently listening to called parks and recollection uh. which is with um rob lowe and one of the directors uh, or writers of the show okay. and every episode they do super nerdy deep dives into like what was going on so behind there's a the lot scenes. of that hey like apparently the always sunny one is amazing I would probably enjoy that more than an episode of Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which is a great TV show. But that's another TV show that leaves you a little like haunted. There's, you feel dirty when you watch there's, Always Sunny. Yeah, there's there's there's, there's like an they, unspoken such, layer. There's such like they've just got no morals and they just stoop so low in every episode. You just feel like dirty and depressed. it's dark dude it's it, dark. That's, it's that's, a, without but also a comedy at the same time but that's the thing is like so you know every every show or series or movie has like a an architecture to it it's yeah. the same thing as like people can say for example like they can love the big bang theory and they can love um uh breaking bad but in break if if sheldon cooper were to get horrifically murdered and people found out that he was selling crack that would destroy that show mm. because it's not the universe of the show. Yeah, totally. Whereas no, no, no. In, yeah, in Breaking Bad, so it's the same as like Always Sunny in Philadelphia has the sunny disposition to it where everything is chilled out and everything's going to be okay. And it's like this very optimistic kind of tilt to it, but then super dark, horrifically morally questionable things are happening yeah. the entire time. I've heard, I've heard there's also a very cool podcast um, about Scrubs okay. with Zach Braff and um, Donald Faison. Yeah. As best buds. Yes, there is. Yeah. To do an episode uh, a thing. And that's lovely. I loved Scrubs. Yeah. Scrubs is amazing. It's probably one of the best, most innovative TV shows I think, ever. I think Zach Braff is one of the greatest creators yeah. ever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Garden State was an incredible film. Did the soundtrack watch? alone of Garden yeah, State. Yeah, we've got, we've got the vinyl here at Dude, the Bioscope. It's so good. It's lovely. It introduced the world to the shins. Yeah. And... Um, Oh yeah, no. I, I that that was one of those real. It 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 put a it sort of it put a layer of my on my character. Do you know what I mean? It was one of those movies that sort of molded me. Yeah. Further. Yeah, I've got a I bunch like, of those, dude. I, I love I love it when you sort of watch a movie like that and you're like, oh, I'm a, I'm a better person as a result of having seen this now. At the well, it's good storytelling. I mean, I think it's I think it's normal. I think. People, whether the people admit it or not, everyone's everyone's shaped by films yeah. that you've seen at some point. Um, I I watched everything everywhere all at once. Have you have you, do you know about no, it? No, no, It's another one of those movies where you're like, oh my god, I've just watched another one. I've just watched another one like this, which is like this is going to stick out as being one of the most exciting and innovating and innovative films like I've seen in a long time. Where maybe you feel a little cold, or maybe you feel a little like overdone by CGI, or or you left a little cold. But when you have an experience where you're like, "This is magical," mm. so it's, you, that happens a little bit with music, and I'm sure with you as well. Like yeah. every now and again, you like you watch something like BCUC. I know you're a fan of BCUC. Hugely so, yeah. And all of a sudden, you're like, "Oh my god, music's different." I yeah. For me, the the analogy 
I have two analogies on this. The one is sort of like the fast food model. Like I love fast food and at four o'clock in the morning, I'm getting a McDonald's cheeseburger, yeah. but it's very, it's, it's conveyor belt and it's very like, it's very in and out and it's very quick. Yeah. Um, and so also working in commercial radio for the last 10 years, like I consume and do genuinely like a lot of pop music. Like I, 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 I think a lot of it's very intelligent yeah, and I think... But a lot's been thrown your way more than most people. Shh. Like I, I have it around abnormal, you. You have it buzzing around you at all yeah, times. Constantly. And I have to be in tune with it as well. I have to understand the industry and I have to be, I have to be able to comment on it on air, but also behind the scenes. Like there's a lot of my job that requires me to be able to speak with authority on music generally. Yeah. And that requires me to speak on pop music. So, but it's, it's kind of like something different happens to you when you consume something that is more textured and there's, there, there, there's more layers to it. And it's so like Leonard Cohen is one of my all time favorites. Um, okay. And if I listen to, to Leonard Cohen, I am transported in a way that I cannot be if I'm listening to something that's on the top 40. Interesting. Leonard Cohen. Eh? Yeah. Um, but this this film, just to give people a, a, a backdrop on, and I, I thought we could do this as well in the video store. We could we could, we could could do something called like the back of the box, which would be like if this were a, 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 a film on the on the shelf. How would, like you, how, how would you explain write it? Write it. And so I want to, every now and again, when, when, we, when we get to something we, we're going to talk about, we can talk about the back of the box. So the back of the box on everything, everywhere, all at once, is, is it's a, a film by this um, filmmaking duo where both of their first names are Daniel. So uh -huh. they call themselves Daniels, a film by Daniels. Not the Daniels. They don't want to be called the Daniels because they don't want to um, take ownership over they don't want to be the definitive Daniel. They're just saying, so it's interesting. It's a matter of fact. So yeah. immediately that's interesting that it says a film by Daniels. And you're like, what the hell is that? And it's, um, it's, it's a story about effectively about a mother, um, an, an Asian woman, an Asian family. So they're immigrants in America. And it's a kind of a relationship between the mom and her daughter. And she sort of, her life hasn't kind of worked out exactly the way she sort of planned. But... Oh my God, the whole thing breaks open. Turns out there's multiple universes and other versions of herself from other universes and how her life could be different and how she and how there's this evil force in this multiple universe. So all of a sudden it turns into like almost like a sort of Doctor Strange movie. Right. You know, where, like a Marvel movie where like they are shooting through different universes where things are different and and it's and it's becomes this like insane, insane movie Shit. but at the same time it's just this little story about a mom and her relationship with her daughter but it's about the whole universe and everything in the universe and like it's I, I, I couldn't explain it to you so I saw I watched it in London I was in London a few weeks ago I saw old Tommy Tommy yeah, Rocket right and and I said oh, I watched it last night and he's like don't tell me anything don't tell me anything and I was <laughs> like I was like duty even if we sat down and for the next three hours, I explained this movie to you. I still wouldn't be able to explain it to I you. I barely get it myself. I wouldn't I even get it. I it a thousand times. Um, but it is so delightful to watch something so unique and so interesting. And I'm sure that's kind of the same with you, where you sort of see that formula all the time. Mm. And every now and again, I'm sure in modern pop music, every now and again, you're like, oh, this is interesting. Yeah. Because... Or they're doing it in an interesting way. Like, I had a whole long conversation with someone about Harry Styles, where it's like he's using... Every trope that older folk know, like he's moving like Jagger, he's dressing like Bowie, he's doing all these kinds of things, but he's presenting them in quite a new and exciting way. And he looks kind of different 
to everyone else. Yeah, I think. I don't know whether you agree. No, I do. I, I think there's two sides to it. The one, the one side of it is that I think that people are always conditioned to think that what's come before them was so unique and out of the box, and the first time that it was ever done. I think the cycle within pop music goes way further back than a Jagger or a Bowie, and like totally. you know, these yeah, dudes, and those guys were informed by other aren't, things. Aren't the architects of, of of it? I think that I think that with any culture that exists, there are certain reasons that certain people are going to stand out. Um, and a, you you can go and say, okay, but in today's world, it, there's so much more of a business to pop music and so much more of a formula and there's so much more research, which can lead people to the conclusion that things are so much more manufactured now. And I think there's serious truth behind that. But at the same time, you can also look at it from the case of there is so much more competition now than yeah. there was a generation it's ago. It's I, harder to stand out. I, I honestly, I... I, I think we're in in such a weird era that I don't think people quite know we're in because it wasn't too long ago when we had f only mainstream. And I think a show like Game of Thrones was probably one of the last huge major TV shows that might ever exist. Yeah. There might be a show in the future that could be watched by as many people, but I don't think everyone's going to know that everyone, that that many people are watching it. But, but, Gone are the days where we all tuned in to watch it on on a big mainstream TV platform, and and I think it's the same with music. Where where gone are the days where anyone cares who's number one, who's number two, who cares? There's no there's no such thing as a limited shelf in the musica store. Music it doesn't even exist anymore. Right. So it's like everyone's lost that that thing. I don't think anyone can make a huge leap anymore in music you can only sort of creep sort of fan by fan show by show um talk by talk you can't like when 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 short straw first got played on 5fm back in I don't 2011, know, 2012, 2012. 20, it was a huge deal it changed so much it's wild yeah I, well so i think like the yes there has been quite a significant paradigm shift in our lifetime with regards to how content gets consumed um and that's 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 in, in film and, and television, that's been the world of streaming. In music, it's been the migration away from relying on radio as the supreme decider on who gets in and who gets out because now there's so many more access points that people have. But I think it's, it's I always look at it as like these things are happening as much as they're fast, they're slower than we think. It's like the analogy that I use is, you know how there would have been a time there were horse and carts on the road everywhere and then there were cars, right? That's how we think of it. We think that there was one and then there was the other. But in reality, there would have been like a good couple decades where a car would have weaved its way around horseshit no, totally. in the road, you know? Totally, and totally. and that's, I think we're closer to that hybrid than, than we realize in that these two things are now happening simultaneously. It's interesting because it, it happens with radio all the time because radio has to always think about like, how do we now intercept and interact with digital yeah but more often than we would expect digital also turns around to us and says how do we do certain things that that they struggle to do you know i mean mm. the, the, now for example i mean we're as five we still have 1.1 million people listening to us which yeah, I, was, I was gonna say you are you're now the afternoon eh? yes yeah yeah which is that six. that's the that's the one man it's the one for me i mean the, the arguments i was just gonna are, i just wanted to say Congratulations, dude. Because Thanks, that's, dude. That's, that's, in many ways, it's the pinnacle. Perhaps that or breakfast. So right? the, 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 the two flagship shows on a radio station are when people are driving to work and people are driving home from work. So six to nine and three to six. 
I could never do. I don't. If they offered me breakfast, I'd say, guys, no, I'm sorry, off. but I can't no, do no, it, no. dude. I I spend too much of my life is going to bars in the evening and and going to gigs and hanging out and and yeah, like yeah, I just yeah. no, I could never adjust to world. when we we we. <laughs> We once had to do like in the early days of Short Straw, we 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 agreed to do like a, a show on espresso, that TV, the morning TV show. Yeah, which is I, even I, worse because just not for only context, do you have I to wake up Cardova, fucking early. So, I mean, I know know the show very well. Yeah, not only do you have to wake up fucking early, but you have to wake up early and look presentable. Where yeah. you know you could do the <laughs> five FM breakfast show in your pajamas, like yeah. if you if things got you know a little delayed. Well, in, the in COVID, we did it all the times. So we were doing it from home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, and and <laughs> we played a show the night before, and we arrived there in the dark, and everyone is so like, hey, chipper, like, what's up? <laughs> hey, how you guys? And we're just like, we were we were asleep on the balcony, because they have that, like, AstroTurf. Yeah, 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 yeah. They've we moved literally now, but they were, there, were yeah. sleeping, like, dudes sleeping like a Joburg park, you know? When, <laughs> you know when you, like, sleep in your arms? Yeah. And we just passed out on this AstroTurf going, like, wake us up when it's time to play. Because we, like, hated that. <laughs> I so so I, I and again just you know the context of this is that I so I I'm involved with a, a television show. Yeah, um, let's, wrote, let's let's talk about some of the other things that you do. Sure, sure, sure. But I should tell you this, this quick story. So so the TV show that I that I that I do is in the same uh, production company that does Expresso. So as a result, I'm I'm frequently on Expresso. Um, and 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 one time I was also I would come from Nisner the day before, and. When we were in Neisner, people wanted to treat us. So they took us on this massive like power boating excursion out yeah. through the Neisner heads. Um, and the, the the fact that it's important to that is like you're jumping through choppy waves. Like your stomach is just fli oh, flipping and horrible. spinning and doing knots. Awesome experience, but but starting to get unsettled. Then we get to the restaurant. Now they, they really want to treat us. So they want to give you like fancy fish food. Well, most importantly, a bunch of tequila and like probably 30 oysters. Oh, sis. Um, Imagine the party in your stomach. After well, that. no, exactly. So the next, the next morning, we 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 woke up and we uh, had to be on espresso. Yeah. And oh, no, on the way, on the drive, on the way there, I started. My stomach started to turn and churn. I had quite severe food poisoning. Elle calls it getting a tap on the shoulder. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where, excuse me. Where it's like you can't avoid someone tapping you on the shoulder. Like you have to, you have to look. Yeah. So, and so like when your stomach rumbles like that, it, 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 I love that expression. I'm getting a little tap on the it, shoulder. It's a threatening <laughs> tap, dude. So anyway, so I was on, I was on Another Expresso. life hack, sorry to interrupt, yeah, yeah. is you think sushi and champagne is like a sexy, lovely date night. It's, yeah, it's dangerous. Horrible combination for your stomach. Yeah. Horrible. Of course. Yeah. It's raw fish and, and, and like really dry, bitter alcohol. I, I, um, okay. So, so then you, so you did, you I had to do, it? I had to do this, this morning segment and I was invited to do like a cooking thing, um, oh. where we were, and, 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 and the, the, the model of that kind of television is very energetic and you have to be have to over be the big. top excited you have to almost about be everything. Bigger Huge, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like playing a it's like being a band in a music video. Yes, you can't perform normally. You have to overperform so that on camera it relates to you like performing normally. Looking like exactly, you actually have to be bigger. Exceptionally in order. cheesy yeah. comes across as vaguely it, interested. It feels yeah, it feels wrong at the time. But yeah, so I'm doing a TV show and, good, and I've yeah. done a lot of TV over the years. So like I know that, and I'm I'm running around and I'm excited and I'm I'm making a. I'm making like omelets or whatever, but every time that we cut, because it's a live television show, I'm running to the toilet. Did you have a little bath? 
it was both sides, dude. Oh. And and the production guys knocking on the door, like, we need to go, you need to get back on set. <laughs> and I'm just quickly sorting everything out and I'm running back. And and the one thing, because I also don't want to see or be around food because it's yeah. making me feel horrific. But again, like on television, I'm making jokes. I'm like the life oh. of the party. And the only what thing a, that's working is that the, the segment is sponsored by an orange juice company. Yeah. And for some reason, the orange juice is making me Maybe feel that okay. acidity or something is helping. Yeah, I think I was the best advert for them because I hammered like a liter and a half of that's their orange funny. juice in like a six minute segment. What is the TV show that With, you're on? I don't uh, even know you were on a TV show. <laughs> okay, yeah. So so um, there's, well, there's a few, th but, but, but there's most actively now, there's a television show called The Insider. Um, okay. And The Insider is like, it's all narration based, so we, which is is me, um, and we are people's eyes into different things that are going on in South Africa. Okay. So it's a huge tilt towards like sustainability and um, South Africans who are cons concerned about the future. And like, so each episode would would be a, a, a different story. It's it's a magazine someone. styled show in okay. that there's like six segments per show. We're, we're the other less interesting side of things. Someone might be interested. It's a it's an AFP or an advertiser funded program. So we rely on 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 sponsorship to be able to air. Okay. Um. But but we do some really cool stories. I mean, like um, recently there's this guy Kevin Kimwale who's a Kenyan architect that came to live in South Africa that now stays out in the Motor City side of, of, um, of the Eastern Cape and makes use of recycled car parts that otherwise get discarded and builds homes for people. And it's, it's like a lot of stuff no, like that. that's magical. Because when you do a liberal arts degree, <laughs> like I did, <laughs> so did and I, yeah. definitely based around filmmaking, theater making, those kinds of things, at least my thing that sort of, keep, that sort of kept coming up over and over again was everyone going, like, we've got to tell our stories. We've got to tell our stories. Yeah. Like, okay, how, dickhead? Like, yes. Find, find, you can't, don't just keep talking about like that. What? How are you going to do it? Yes. And that's cool. This is a one way to do it in a more sort of documentary style. Where, where is it on? It's on, so we, we air on SABC3. Okay. We're, quite, we're quite lucky. We, we've got a primetime slot. So we're, we're um, Mondays at six and we repeat Saturdays at Hoppus One. Yeah. Um, and so for the first year, the show, the show we've been on the air for two we started in COVID, so however long ago the, like the hard yeah. lockdown was, which is why the model is the way that it is. Yeah. So it's me narrating because I couldn't really very you well be on set. Field, but are you going to do more field stuff now? No. It, the, okay. the, model, the model's it's working changed, for us. Yeah. So, so for the first year and a half of the show, I, I was the head writer and I, I, wrote, I wrote the show um, and then also narrated. And we've now got a bigger team. We've bought in... Um, Andy Brighton, who's an incredible writer, and he's now he's he's now taken over that role of writing the show, um, and we record it all remotely. So a, a camera crew goes off and they film the different inserts around the country, sometimes right. abroad, uh, and and then the production team, including myself, you know, we get we get sent scripts and edits and reverts, and we work on this thing throughout the week, and then every every once a week we put out a we put out a um, a forty five minute television program. Magic. Yeah, and you're bringing your podcast back as well now, yeah? Uh, yes. So, yes. So, um, I suppose it's like for context in the, in that space. So, I I've done a number of building podcasts for other people. Um, so I I most 
well, the ones I'm, I'm more proud of, I built one for the IAB, which is the the, the Advertising Bureau of South Africa. Okay. Um, we did one on like demystifying award shows and helping empower smaller creative agencies be able to have a shot against the, the big guys. Okay. Um, I've just done one now for the Institute for Economic Justice, which is wow. a- It's all like very niche Super B2B kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, but this one is about um, uh, translating- Human rights. So, 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 so the IJ is is a is is an, is an independent institute that does research around economics in South Africa wow. with a massive okay. tilt so toward like a lot of the people involved in there. It's it's it's, it's quite a left leaning organization. Um, so a lot of the a lot of the stuff that they do is about you know if you're a if, if you're a person in South Africa, what kind of resources do you actually have access to that you can. Okay find out about and, and whatever yeah so, yeah that's that's the podcast i'm not gonna watch <laughs> but i probably should i probably could learn a lot but it's you, great but, but then you, i've got my own one too but you yeah. got your own one nick goes inside yeah it goes inside yeah so so that's so it's exciting when you first launched it yeah because i was like this is the start of the south africans sort of doing their own podcasts now it, i felt like you were in the first i was ahead of the game you for were in sure, the first yeah. sort of wave of it all and then i stopped for two years which was like the stupidest thing i just didn't have time though because no. the television show started and i got the drive show and i started a company and whatever but but, but you bring in that back i brought it back now yeah, yeah. yeah so so it's it's an incredible amount of work to do this because I'm, I'm i do the editing myself and i do the, the book the guests myself and i do mm. the research and all of that but yeah i brought it back um, about a month ago, and I've done. I've just. Do, I'm just doing friends. So I did Stephen Hurtis, mm. um, who's you know arguably one of the the biggest journalists in this country. He's broken some of the biggest news stories yeah. over the course of the last twenty years. It, but for me, I want to sit him down and have the conversations that him and I are having all the time off the mm. air, and just make them more public. Because yeah. the the thing for me is that like if people listen to Stephen Hurtis on his breakfast show in the morning they make their own mind up about what they think he thinks about stuff. Like, yeah. what is he informed by? But but Stephen, the, the architecture of his brain is one of the most impressive. You can say to him, like, if you ask him, like, why is ESCOM in the position that they're in? He'll tell you just as much about the failings that are going on now, but he'll take it back decades and decades, and he'll give you this entire full spectrum and scope of, yeah. like, he's just a walking encyclopedia. That's so, what's lovely about podcasts is that you actually just get to – you get to wade into that deeper water. Yeah. So did him, did Mandy Wiener, who's also a great friend and, and probably the most successful crime writer in the country, writing about real crime. You know, she's the one that... It blows my mind that... Sorry, just to interject, but just to take it to, to TV shows, that people love true crime. Like, it's huge. Like, there's whole... Like, there's, there's TV shows on DS... There's whole channels on DSTV just dedicated to true crime yes. stuff. And how... South Africa could do so much more because we've got so much crime. Because we've got so much crime. <laughs> like Devil's Dorp was 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 a massive hit, and then everyone like wonders why that was so successful. It's like because that because that's an interesting story, and there must there, there there could be another twenty Devil's Dorps. So you're familiar with Dion Mayer, very yeah. successful. So so one of he writes in Afrikaans, but then it gets translated into a bunch of languages, including English. Internationally highly acclaimed, best-selling crime writer, South African guy. Yeah. Um, Mandy Wiener and him were chatting. So she's written a bunch of books about the criminal underworld in South Africa. She's got yeah. a fantastic one called Ministry of Crime, which is about Radovan Krecher, um, and how he he came from the Czech, then Czech Republic into South Africa and sort of like 
orchestrated his way into the underworld. Like yeah. dark and fascinating. And wrote wrote uh, she wrote the book on killing Kebble about how yeah, yeah. about yeah, how yeah. you know you had uh, you had people who were admitted to killing the guy but because of the way in which the trial was structured and because Kebble had had wanted the murder to happen it never faced prosecution and so that's fascinating and she interviews them and and like she's become known as the person who will the criminals or the alleged criminals or the members of the so-called underworld will talk to um and wow, Dion Mayer life, eh? it well like, she's she must have She's fascinating. Like I mean, she's, she's awesome. She's chosen a particular path in life that she could never quite come out of. Do you uh, know what I mean? Like, there'll so, always be yeah. some something on her, over her shoulder, someone behind her. Do you know what I mean? Like, she can't. So she can't lead a normal life anymore. Well, well. So, so she's 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 the last book that she wrote was Whistleblowers, um, about two three years ago, which is an account of whistleblowing culture in South Africa. So yeah. South Africa has a alarmingly disproportionately high rate of whistleblowers who get taken out um as yeah. you know so people who who call authorities to to acts of corruption and they get taken get out. killed get killed and 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 in south africa the two biggest places that that happens are the taxi industry and political killings um especially at a local government level and it's atrociously high in this country for a and number of reasons, yeah, we just don't hear about it. But it, well, yeah, exactly. That's why she wrote the book, and 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 a number of things are, are the problem. But it's but but people, there's no accountability. It's also exceptionally hard in South Africa to go into witness protection programs. You, you you're only afforded witness protection in South Africa if you're if you're actually involved in a criminal trial, and in order to go into the witness protection program, you also have to be willing to give up your identity and and where you live and wow. and who you know. Yeah. And so, so anyway, so 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 the book is the book is about that. But she. Mandy has started to, she's older and she's now moved away from a lot of the more intense stuff she used to do. And she said, mm. it's just a function of, of getting older. But so with Dion Mayer, she was, she was chatting to Dion who writes these fiction books. Okay. About, yeah. so about he, his stuff is fiction. It's fiction. Um, but it's, you know, he's, he's probably the most successful crime writer to come out of South Africa. Yeah. Global, globally successful. He said to Mandy, and Mandy was relaying this to me, that Dion said that if... So Mandy does historical accounts of things mm. that have happened. Dion said to her, if, if he wrote stuff that's in her books, in his fiction books, no one would buy it. it oh, wow. The reality just is that truth is stranger than fiction. And there's the stuff that goes on in South Africa, like in the, in the, in the underworld, is just leaps and bounds beyond the realms of what could be plausible in a work of fiction. Wow. There's... Um... It's that very funny moment in the Simpsons episode in a, in a Simpsons episode where um, I forget the story. They're like sort of at a petting zoo or something, and then there's an animal that he says, "Oh, and and this animal writes crime novels." <laughs> <laughs> and then the person goes like, "How does he do that?" And he's like, "Well, he comes up with the ending and it works backwards." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like the uh, the okay, but let's, second. Let, 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 let's talk about something a little happier. Okay, so you're watching Parks and Rec. What else are you enjoying? I okay, and this is this is this is not a cop out, but the but the majority of the content that I am watching at the moment is on YouTube. Interesting, seriously, yeah. dude. So I, my my last um, little COVID bout, I consumed a whole bunch of hot wings. The oh, hot right. wings, the hot uh, Sean Evans. What's it called? Hot. It's hot, called hot ones. Hot ones. Hot ones. The show with spicier questions and even spicier wings or something. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's amazing. What a great the show. The format of that is it's brilliant. It's, okay. it's one of the greatest. So the back of the box is that Hot Ones is is just a simple 20-minute odd 
interview with a famous person and they've just gotten more and more famous as the show's gotten where this one guy asks them really great questions, really well thought out, really well researched questions while they eat progressively hotter and hotter chicken wings. Yes. So it's kind of in a way learning about the spices and the sauces, but you, you really get a good sense of the person's character. The idea is that the, the, as the wings the, get harder, the person gets more disarmed because the the, the, yeah. the, the spice encroaches. And, and some so of them are like the, the Dave Grohl one is incredible. They just keep drinking whiskey. He can handle all the wings. And you just, out of all the interviews I've ever consumed, and I've consumed a lot of Dave Grohl, like this is one of him at his most happiest and relaxed. And it feels like you're just hanging out with him backstage. Yeah. It's incredible. Dave okay. Grohl to me just quickly feels like he does the perfect amount of everything. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's like, I feel that if he, he tells was... the story over and over again, because it's a good story. Yeah. He, 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 yeah, he gives a great interview. What, what are you watching on YouTube? So a, a lot of stuff, I, I, I oscillate between different channels as I go. And I, my list of subscribed channels is like, I think on 150 now or something. Um, but I've, I've, so I watch a lot of guys who do travel stuff, like immersive travel videos. Okay. Um, so there's this guy called Drew Binsky, uh, whose okay. big thing was he was going to go to all 197 countries in the world. Mm. Um, and so it's fascinating. You watch, you know, you watch him in like Turkmenistan and yeah, North yeah. Korea and all these different hermit kingdoms and stuff like that. And then you, and then you see him in, in, in like Mauritania and, and Morocco. And so I'm, I'm obsessed with travel and geography. So, so people like him are really great. Are you one of those people that your, your Tinder profile says hashtag wonderlust? Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> the, the, the exact opposite because the idea of spending a lot of money and going to famous places is no interest to me. I mean, a lot okay. of the travel journalism that I've done over the years has been about telling people stories. I mean, I can, yeah, I can, yeah. I can tell you some of, but I mean, I, I had a horrific experience in Zimbabwe recently trying to get stories um, okay, yeah, and the I amount of it. times that I've been in in, in bad situations. I, I, I must say, I, I choose at this point in life and perhaps a little bit like old Mandy Wiener, I, 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 I don't want to go to too chaotic, too loud, too bustling places. I'm still, I'm in, still in traveling. I'm very glad I went, to, in, 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 I went to India in 2015, loved it. Don't need a rush back. Right. Okay. <laughs> like, so, so there's Drubinsky. There's this other guy called Bald and Bankrupt. Um, Bald and Bankrupt. Older guy. He had an obsession in school because he was he grew up in, in, in the UK at a time when obviously the Cold War was going on. And he, he took an interest in, in the former Soviet Union and he studied, uh, studied Russian. And he just goes around that part of the world. So like Russia and Belarus and et cetera. And he goes, he's like a Soviet tourist. It's the weirdest thing. It's... Um, so he goes and looks for old like monuments and abandoned buildings, and he goes There's to like nuclear sites. Out there in the world, in terms of like Soviet era, like giant monuments and things. Yes. Okay. So stuff like that, and then and then I watch a lot of um, I watch a lot of documentaries because it's so YouTube is the antithesis of the network formula, you know. So we're, you were talking about Game of Thrones earlier becoming. Yeah, yeah the last appointment to watch everyone's checking mm. in on this thing. There's like a homogenized culture that follows Game of Thrones. That's dying. So for me, what's awesome about that is like, if you were doing a Game of Thrones, because it was network television, what, what they would have had to have done is they would have had to break up the architecture of that show into things that work for commercial breaks and a certain amount yeah. of time that you yeah, can yeah, write yeah, the yeah. episode and whatever. It's wild how those kinds of shows are changing as a result. Yeah. It doesn't matter now. You can do whatever yeah. you want because if you've got a streaming deal, if the show needs to be 45 minutes or an hour, it doesn't matter. It can, Stranger Things can be as long as it needs to be. Yeah. And it's really hard for writers to write and, and do shows. I mean, even with, with, with The Insider, you know, we have to... If I've got seven seconds to get something across, it's seven seconds. It can't become... 
yeah, you seven and a half or, or six. Or, yeah. uh, and so with YouTube, it's it's free reign, yeah. you know, and you have a lot of sh channels on YouTube that are remarkably well resourced. There is a team of people that are producing this content mm. that seems like one person just speaking. You know, yeah, if, like no, an no, Ethan no, Klein type model would have, would, he would have a huge team of people. Yeah. And so I just, I like the freedom of the... I, I have absolutely nothing to do in my life with construction or architecture, but for some dumb fucking reason, there's a, there's a YouTube channel that I somehow started Is watching. It's the two guys who build the, the homes out of mud. The B1M. It's a slick, well-made... It's the de the definitive channel on construction. Okay. And every time I watch one of these episodes, because obviously I've consumed one or two, and now the algorithm like keeps serving them to me. They're really well-made videos about like skyscrapers in New York and like mega projects and how Singapore is transformed based on the, <laughs> yeah. and how they're filling in land and how they're doing cool shit in Dubai. And I'm you like, don't think it's a type of like ASMR for you that you watch that? I just think it's a well-made show. It's like, it's just, he's got a great voice. It's well-researched. It's got, it's interesting. And I'm like, I watch construction videos <laughs> on yeah. YouTube. But yeah, I've got dude. nothing to do, like absolutely no interest in it. For sure, yeah. I, I mean, there's channels that I watch that have nothing to do with the world that I actually live in That's and exciting. never will pursue anything. What can we recommend for you what you've come into the video store to rent something what what are you what are you in the mood for sure what do you feel like i what do you need in your life i, I do you I, need do you need more like parks and recce stuff do you no, want a good no i i need something ducky? what do you need i've i've at the uh, at the moment i've been like incredibly stressed out i got a lot of like projects that need to finish and i'm studying now as well and okay. struggling you to need some dumb shit no i need oh. something I need something like like mind blowing, or like like something that's just a different universe. You know what I mean? I need something that that okay takes so, me away from. Okay, so then I can say without a shadow of a doubt, you've got to watch everything, everywhere, all at once. It's not on anything yet. I don't think it's in cinemas anymore because I think a film like that got a little lost in South Africa, and I'm not quite sure whether they knew what to do with it. But it's going to appear soon, or if you're a little pirate like all of us sometimes okay. are go and jump that off the internet but it'll probably come to box office it'll probably come to something soon but that single-handedly it'll 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 flip your world upside down okay. in, a, in a in a fun and exciting way like that's the most important thing is that like often when the more pretentious -y film types like myself go like oh my god you gotta watch this movie uh. it's like the general population the more mainstream population not saying that that's what you are but the general population seem to go like Oh my god! It's just going to be like a black and white art house film of like two dudes in a lighthouse, <laughs> which exists <laughs> and, is a, and is a tough watch. This is super fun, and it's funny, and it's got great action, and it's got Jamie Lee Curtis in it. Um, it's got like kung fu action. It's ah, oh, it's exciting. It's cool. like a, it's like it's as if I presented you a new color, and you're like, here is a new color, Nick. You never knew that this existed. And I like presented yellow to you for the first time. Yes. And your brain would be like, oh my God. It just starts peeling away the layers and trying to make sense so of it. So watch everything, exactly everywhere, right. all at once. Cool. I'm in. Yeah, I'm going to. Magic. And on that note, i got to get back to work. Good luck. <laughs> we've, spoken, <laughs> we've spoken too much shit. But um, thank you for popping in, man. Th thank you for having me. I, I yeah, sincerely appreciate very it. Very lucky to see you and... and 
I, I treasure you. I treasure I, you as a friend. Treasure you too. Yeah, it's, we've known each other <laughs> quite a long time now, if you think we about have. it. We have. Do you remember that one time when there was that earthquake in Joburg and you came over to my house and we drank whiskey? I do, yeah, in Kalani. I don't remember any of that conversation because I think we drank a lot of whiskey. Yeah. But I, I miss so. those Kalani, Kalani club days. Where are you living now? Dude, I'm, 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 I'm like a suburban dad. I, I bought a house in Craigle Park. I live, Magic. I live alongside Delta Park. You used to be I'm in like a, a digs with groups. a bunch of dudes, right? Not yeah. like digs, but like a... Yeah, it was. Yeah, communal, communal living, yeah. And now it's you and the lady. Yeah, we've got, I mean, we've got like, it's, it's, it's a much bigger house than we need. So but, we, it, but it's you and her, like you're yes. living together. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, but we like, like her brother stays with her. We've got a cottage okay. on the property okay. and, and you know, rented out. Shaman, you're missing her, hey? I am, but but she's back in three weeks. Okay, so three and then, weeks. And, and then, then and then, is the content that you'd watch would it change when she's around? Yeah, massively. Uh, so so um, well for starters, uh, she doesn't. I I consume. I I have quite a hectic schedule these days, and so the day gets done at like ten o'clock at night, and then I crawl into bed and I I lie with my laptop like a child and I watch stuff <laughs> until I eventually flip it down and put it next to my wow, bed. Wow, that's not that's not good for you though. No, it's terrible, but but it's but it's I it's great. And um I won't stop doing it. But when she's there, she doesn't tolerate that because it keeps her awake. So yeah. when she's there, it's just headphones and podcasts. I don't actually watch nearly okay. as much television. I must say I've done a many a tour or a travel where I've fallen asleep to podcasts. Mm. It's it's good. It's quite a good it's a bizarre meditative experience. experience to sort of listen to that in the dark. The problem is that you wake up four episodes later and there's just someone talking in your <laughs> ear. It's, yeah, it's, odd. it's like falling asleep on a flight. I always choose the biggest, loudest, most obnoxious movie. Um, typically, like a Dwayne Johnson yeah movie, Michael Bay thing. Or something. Michael Bay, and I fall asleep to that. Yeah, that, that gets no, I me get asleep that. on a plane. I, I I understand that. A friend who used to listen to Slipknot to fall asleep. And he was just like, because I can't, I need to switch my mind off. And if I'm listening to Slipknot, it's the only thing that I can concentrate on. Jesus, the dreams, yeah. the dreams. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for sticking around until the end. This is what we call the cash up, which is our chance just to balance the till, balance the float, uh, make sure everything is in order before we turn off the lights and go home. The TV show on Netflix that I was talking about um, with the swatting is called Web of Make-Believe, Death, Lies, and the Internet. It is uh, certainly worth your time. And the other thing to, to mention, which is pretty important uh, at this point, if you are listening to these episodes pretty up-to-date is that everything everywhere all at once is still in cinemas at in South Africa. I was at the movies uh, last night and saw that it was screening still at Rosebank, which is great. Um, it, it is certainly worth watching on the big screen. It is certainly a big screen spectacle as well. So if you can do that, go and watch what I think is one of the most exciting movies of the year. My name is Russell Grant. Today on the show was Nick Hammond. You can always share the love and tell other people about the video store by giving them the e giving them the address at thevideostore.co.za. There they can find their platform and they can subscribe. We are over on Instagram. We are the video store pod, and we are also hanging out on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the video store lacquer. 
All right, we're going to close up and we will see you soon. <laughs>